agnostic about the outcome then or or, or if if i'm if i'm at a point where i'm saying i am not not indifferent but i'm i i'm happy, i i can i can reconcile with the outcome and learn from it and move forward doesn't the desire then get muted or 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 you know and i and i go back to an example that i had sort of shared earlier which is if my desire is to win the 100 meter gold at the olympics right the fact that i would be not be happy or unhappy or that i would be able to to live with sort of the outcome doesn't it reduce the fire in the belly if you know what i mean so so, so ajay in my mind that is clear that i think this this particular uh, shlok is saying to you that you can expect results and and therefore if you're expecting to be the winner of the 100 meters in olympics that's okay uh no i no i'm sorry go ahead but i'm saying like the fact that i want to be a winner that's a desire right and happiness says you can't have desire so why so therefore you know is there something wrong if i even desire to be in the race <laughs> that's that's what i'm struggling with. so 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 i i i'm i'm kind of just uh, reflecting on what i sort of understood last uh, session which was it is okay to have desires as long as the outcome is non binding or that you are not you know you, you you don't kind of have negative emotions once you have an outcome which is not not good or you are not unnecessarily sort of over the moon if if you get what you get right so desires are okay outcomes need to be uh, non binding that's what i heard from the last sort of conversation i yeah, yes and i'm i i'm in agreement with that and i get it but i'm saying is our desires okay that's what i'm struggling with and i'll i'll stop there now let rajesh take that up sorry anu uh, i think anu had a question too No I didn't have a question I just had an example to give the way I have made meaning and I've got understanding into this uh, how I interpreted it Now I'm going to take an analogy of little children who work on activities You know how when you ask them to do something more often than not their entire that process yes they know what the outcome is but the joy that they take in actually say build suppose you take building a lego block construction a sand castle playing in the park whatever the joy that they have that every uh, through the process and that whole involvement whole heartedly with their mind soul body and all their energies put into it yes they know that they're expecting an outcome but the process the, when they're doing that activity that whole joy that they have and that full immersion that they have into it yes they are momentarily they know when they don't achieve the result that they haven't achieved it but it doesn't take away the their involvement their commitment the joy their learning and everything that they've had during that process and then they start again because they realize yes may have i haven't achieved the outcome but there is some maybe they haven't they don't articulate it but i'm just watching it as an outsider 
and that's how I understand the meaning of what this whole desire is. It's, yes, you need to have the desire, or you, whether it's need or you should, whatever it is, you have that desire, yes. It doesn't make you bad if you have it. doesn't make you a failure if you don't achieve it. But yes, you, it's just a part of life. And I think, coming back to what I believe, I think we as human beings or as uh, people who are aware of language and attaching significance to meaning, I think sometimes we digress in what the scriptures or the books say is what a word is, whether it's happiness or attachment or um, desire or whatever it is. I think we just get, we digress in attaching it to the one meaning that we know. And so we somehow cloud ourselves with other meanings that might exist or what it's trying to tell us. And maybe the language that we are reading in does not have that most appropriate word to explain what exactly is being tried to be conveyed. I mean, my English is also going off at this early very, morning. Very well said, Anu. Uh, this, this really brings some clarity to me. That, that analogy you gave about the building blocks, it's a good example. Because I was actually even confused between the desires and the goals and everything. Are we not supposed to have goals? Or even if we have goals, I understand that we should be able to overcome the results, or whether it's good or bad, and we should set a measure for whether it's success or failure. I, I kind of get that, but this analogy is like a good one. I don't know. I mean, I, I, Rajesh can probably, or the others, that's how I read meaning, read meaning into the text and kind of made sense of it as I'm read further. Uh, I have a couple of points. You know, really, really good question and something um, resonates with me because I've been through the same since say. Um, what I've come to realize and what I um, understand as of now, right, is there are uh, one thing to understand is there are different steps, right? So just like eventually you want to uh, reach a, a stage, which is probably think of it as at the, at the top of the flight of steps, right, where desires go away, right? So at that point, yes, there, there are no longer any desires and so on. But we are not getting there directly. We are going to get there through uh, a series of steps, right? So this is one of those fundamentals or the foundational steps or the first few steps where it's for, uh, it is completely all right to desire. And, but the process of using those actions, so it is, it is compared often to removing a splinter from our hand to remove the splinter, which is a small piece that have gone, of thorn that has gone into our hand or into the skin, we need to use another thorn to remove it. In other words, we are using the same thing to remove what is already in there. Okay? In the same way, we are using action or karma to remove the effects of karma, right? what, which is already in, in us. So that's why in that um, in the 47th uh, words where we say inaction is not an option because the bad effects or the imprints the mental imprints are already in us so we need to use karma to neutralize them uh, in the first place 
right? So action is what is, is um, recommended as a means, just like a thorn is recommended to remove a thorn in the under the skin, action is recommended to remove the ill effects of action. So that is treat of treat that as a as the first couple of steps towards getting there. But in so so in that sense, desire is completely all right. It is it is good to have desires. It is okay. We are all householders. We have certain desires and whatnot. But uh, so it is getting us to at least do that, right? Uh, getting us to do those actions so that the actions can neutralize existing imprints. Now, that is one. Uh, and the concept of thorn is something to remember. Now, as we progress in this, and as uh, so the effort is obviously to uh, take the, uh, even the expectations are fine, but as long as the outcome is treated in the right attitude as a prasada, right? or something that whatever happens, whatever comes back, I expected this, it did not meet my expectations, but I will take it in the same way. That is where our change of attitude needs to come in. in, in uh, primarily, it needs to come in because on the action side, we are spurred by motivation, ambition, and other things. But on the receiving side, we often neglect that, right? And we go into a, a, into a spin. But if we can change that, that's when the action or the karma becomes a karma yoga, right? So there's a difference between karma, which is just action, and action performed with this attitude, which is when it actually neutralizes things. If it is just action, it's just going to add more and more mental imprints. But when it's converted to a karma yoga, it, it actually cancels out or reduces the excess of the imprints over a period of time. And as we progress again through different uh, steps, you will realize that it has started making some changes in you, in the personality. Not that you will lose your ambition, not that you will lose the, um, the motivation to achieve, no. But I think you will start to uh, feel that, you know, you'll feel even more liberated because now you feel that, hey, no matter what happens in the outcome, I'm fine with either outcome, so I'm able to immerse myself for the sake of doing the job in an intrinsic way. And you find that intrinsic value in the uh, in the job that you do, right? So uh, I'll stop here. But uh, that's how I felt it so far. That it changes you from the inside out to actually uh, move you more towards freedom of of doing things for the sake of doing, and not necessarily worrying about uh, what the outcome might be. The fear goes away, uh, anxiety goes away, the stress goes away. And as you know, stress starts in the mind, shows up as anxiety in the body. Right, uh, so everything, so it ends up being uh, giving you better health eventually, if you really think about it. If you just walk down that uh, the chain of uh, uh, cause and effect, it will actually give you better health overall, even in the physical body by doing this. Right, or so I'll stop there. Uh, I'll let others comment on. It. If I may just add, so what uh, Kishore explained, uh, it's beautifully, you know, how you deal with the with the karma part. I think just to clarify the, the confusion you had, that at one place it said happiness is absence of desire, and then it's okay to have desire. I think the first statement is trying to tell you, when you feel happy, what is that state? When you achieve a desire, you don't have any more desires, and hence you feel happy. So happiness is a state of desirelessness. That doesn't mean that 
anyway 24 by 7 we can be happy without the desireless state at this point in time so i think what it's trying that statement is trying to say happiness is absence of desire so when you achieved something you feel happy because at that particular moment you don't have a new desire which has sprung up and that happiness reduces when a new desire comes in so i think okay. having a clarity that happiness is absence of desire is a standalone statement yeah and i think trying to link it with having desires or is good or bad is slightly different thing which we are trying to deal with what you know what Kishore tried to explain that they are step by step you know reaching that desireless state probably is the ultimate goal which may happen because the desires fall down or whether we give up desire that's a slightly you know there are different paths to it sure so does that clarify the two the, the confusion <clears throat> trying to have by linking these two yes i think alpna i think that's very helpful um, and what kishore was saying also is how i was trying to rationalize it that you know getting to the desireless state is the ultimate goal but before that we we pull your mic a little closer to your mouth okay is it better yeah okay so i was just saying that uh, i think what kishore said made uh, sense to me because that's how i was trying to think through it that that is the ultimate state and till you get there at least you know start doing the actions without getting attached to the outcome absolutely yeah i think that's very helpful thank you guys yeah and and then just try to observe when you are happy is it that you have desire why do you want to be desireless right so to answer that question Yeah, I have a piece there. <laughs> you are never happy. Don't tell me. <laughs> After having Maggie, you are very happy, right? <laughs> Momentarily, there is no desire to have anything in this world. <laughs> What I meant is, I haven't start observing that. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't started to that. Pulling your leg. <laughs> well, that's an interesting comment, yeah. Hmm. yeah and, and i think you know well said you know i think it's a great discussion so the only thing that i want to add is see at the end of the day uh, it, it take this as two separate statements very clearly you know like what alpana said but uh, since we are in that mode where we will have desires the only way that you can neutralize the impact of those desires is by not reacting to the result what you're going to get okay so that's like that's like a trading so think of it like you know a different definition of uh, yoga which is like you know in, in the west yoga means basically hatha yoga and poses but in india that's not the case karma yoga means like you know thinking about the results and not that you know you don't want to plan for that uh, for that result but that plan has got nothing to do with what your mental state is going to be if you don't accept that result the way it is okay in fact uh, on the acceptance part you know uh, kishore was mentioning that that thing triggered me another thought right let's say you go to a temple and they give you this prasad okay south india south india they give a prasad with uh, rice kind of thing right as a prasad like like pongal types they give right and assume that there is a stone in it what will be your attitude towards that prasad will it be that are this is i will not eat this because it is bad it's got stone in it or will you say this has come from a higher uh, principle that i respect okay that i uh think that it's much bigger than me therefore i accept it with grateful devotion 
and maybe you still take away the stone and throw it away and eat the rest of the thing. But you'll not have the same attitude when you go into, let's say, Sutsagar or Haldiram and you eat something and in which you get something inside it. Okay? So that's called acceptance of the result. Right? So the yeah. attitude is, when you get it, what is your attitude? Your attitude is, this has come from a higher principle. I tried my best to do this job, but the result was 180% of what I wanted or 75% of what I wanted. But this has been given to me, so I accept it the way it is. Okay? Take away that 75%, throw it away. Okay? You say, yes, this is what it is. 180%, throw it away. Don't be too proud. But that is acceptance. That attitude will slowly reduce the impact of your likes and desires, likes and dislikes on what you're doing. That's the theory behind it. And so, Rajesh, uh, should we look at uh, what we do before we get a result? and how we respond after the result as kind of almost two separate discrete things? No, uh, see, uh, uh, see uh, 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 answer is no. Okay, see what you're planning. Let's say that, you know, let's say that you have to go from uh, Delhi to Haridwar. Okay, you have to take necessary steps to plan to go to the train station in time or bus station in time catch the right bus that you had. You have to make sure that the bus is not going to Dehradun instead of Harindwar. All those things is planning. You have to do that. Okay? Mm -hmm. But if the truck, if the car breaks, breaks down or the bus breaks down or whatever, which, because you may not have control on it. At that point of time, if you say, I am supposed to be in Haridwar by this time, but this bus broke, broke down. And how can this happen? Why did this happen to me? Okay. What did I make wrong? I choose everything. All the planning was perfect, but still something went wrong. No, the point is who's struggling? Are you struggling or not? Right? And now the struggle is not the issue. The, the issue is that is going to cause so much of mental agitation in you that even next time, even if you try your 2000% better, there is going to be one black swan event that's going to happen. Likely to sure. happen. Mm. That's what I'm saying. So do the transactional planning, whatever that you need to do. But and in the result, acceptance is in, within your hand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm getting it. So, in, I'm, I'm, and I try and kind of paraphrase this in simple sort of words just for my benefit. So, I'm saying you plan for success, right? And, and when you get to the outcome, you respond rather than react. Because when you react, you are behaving, you, you tend to be irrational about it. Whereas when you respond, you are kind of with a more calmer, uh, more rational uh, mindset. Correct. Correct. And in fact, the Swamiji that I listen to, right, he says one thing. He says only even fools, okay, don't plan for failure. Okay. Rajesh, I think you said it very beautifully. Sorry, something which really, really uh, resonated with me is that the acceptance of result is in our hands. I, I think that's a beautiful line. I, I just, I just felt very good when I heard you say that. that. You control your actions. You don't control the result, but then the control again comes back to you in terms of how you accept that. I think that's exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's very well said. Actually, finally, the feeling feels is the mind, isn't it? 
So and which is which is within your control completely. I agree with that. Like it's like sometimes when we may have regrets, you know, and you say, "I wish I'd taken another decision." Yes. If we knew what the outcome was going to be, we would have never made that decision. Yeah. So, so when you make a decision, and even if that consequence of that decision later in the future is not exactly what we had hoped for, we can't make that. Reg- we can't. Shouldn't have that regret because. If we knew what this outcome was going to be, would we have made that decision then? Never, because we are looking to get to a point. Yeah, and if I knew that if I did something today, I'm not going to achieve it. Why would I have made that decision? I would have never made that decision. So we. Should, so I think it's it's another way. It's about it's maybe that action that we're talking about could be regret. You know, at that point. I mean, if I had to make an analogy at that end result when I achieve my end result. Yeah. The the other point to note is um, is that this process actually changes us, right? Where we 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 don't think of it that way. Uh, we feel that our we are what we are as of now, and we are not. We're going to be static in terms of um, our mental impressions, our uh, our um, tendencies, our personality traits and so on, right? We feel that we are, that is set in stone and this is static. It is not, right? I think that has been proven even otherwise, that our brain continuously is evolving in one way or the other, um, uh, even in the medical science. But then here it's very important because uh, this process eventually changes us from the inside out. I think I've used this term multiple times, but what I'm uh, essentially saying is it modifies our personality traits in such a way that we are able to react instead of, uh, sorry, we are able to respond instead of uh, uh, reacting, right? So that will eventually come from the inside out, um, and we're not, and we experience that happiness again in our mind because we are changing, right? This process is changing us from the inside out. And it's beautifully explained, actually, uh, through the, 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 the concept of vasanas or sanskaras, right? So how that, even here in this chapter, Swamiji talks about the fact that uh, the likes and dislikes are neutralized. And that neutralization is happening in our subconscious, right? It is happening in us. And in a way, that is changing our personality trait in some way. Yeah, so to summarize this discussion, right? Desires are okay. Don't, uh, don't link up the statement saying that, uh, you know, happiness is a state of non-desire. Uh, and then assume that desires are not okay. We should not do that. On the contrary, we should go ahead and chase our desires, but accept the results the way it comes, so that you know we are not affected by the likes and dislikes what we have with these uh, 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 on these on these results. And and one more thing I want to uh, tell, which Alpana you touched touched upon it a little, but maybe I want to elaborate that a little, right? See, there are two ways that you can get rid of desires. Okay, number one, by doing it and achieving that particular thing. Okay, and then you're done. You know, she gave this example. I, anu gave this example of uh, you know the children, and Alpana, you gave this example of uh, grandmother in the previous previous discussion. What we had, grandmother is done. She's got no more desires at at her age, whatever standard you and I have. Okay, so she's happy. That is one one way of dealing with reaching to that some state. The other way of dealing with it is understanding what are those desires that we have that we, that are really driving us, and then then deciding. Okay which desires are worth chasing, 
Okay, based on the goal what you have in life, based on the end goal what you have in life. Okay. Did I make sense? Yeah. Right. Can you repeat, Rajesh, what you said? No. No. What I'm saying is, let's say I have a basket of, let's say, 50 desires. Desire one to desire 50. Okay. I will chase everything. You know, I, I don't have time to chase all the desires. So therefore, I'll chase some of them. Let's say I chase one to 30 or one to 40 is what I chase. But then the question is, even prioritizing which desires to chase, even within that 40, because I don't have enough time will be dependent on only one thing. What is it that I want to reach to? What is the end goal that I have? Okay, so if my end goal is, let's say, uh, uh, to, uh, to buy a house, okay, then I will have to start saving money. I'll have to do, making sure that I don't spend a lot of money and I have to make sure that I have to start earning enough, make sure that I have my job. And I, these are the things that, that, that are quote-unquote desires or whatever that I need to make sure that I need to do because my end goal is that. Therefore, no, no problem with it. Go ahead and do it. Okay. But if my end goal, my end end goal is to be that Sachitananda, okay, the ability to have to be happy at all times, then we need to evaluate if some of these desires what we have, okay, do they make really sense or not in the particular goal? And if they make sense, go ahead and chase it. If they don't make sense, or if something else makes more sense, replace that. So, so, so Rajesh, uh, if I can, uh, you know, just ask, there is a, obviously a reference to likes and dislikes, and we all have likes and dislikes, which kind of, at some level, color our action. So my question is, how do you kind of deal with your sort of dislikes, probably more importantly, in a way that it doesn't, uh, doesn't sort of, uh, adulterate your actions, if you will. Great question. Okay. Um, I don't know how to answer this, but let me try to attempt this. Okay. I think the way that the way that uh, uh, you need to choose the actions that you need to do is first of all, uh, look at the role what you have in life. Right. That's what they. That's what the you know the scriptures describe. They say that make sure that you are doing your role properly. Okay, so you have to define what your role is today, right? It could be in multiple angles. It's not, the role is not just one thing. You know, if I were to ask you, you know, if let's say you're sitting for an interview, somebody says, who are you? You know, you can give your resume, but that's not you. That's your quote unquote, one aspect of you. But there are multiple things. You have to define the, the way that you have to define your role, right? Based on how you define your role, you need to know what activities need to be done so that this roles gets executed. Very obvious roles, parent. Okay, son or daughter to your to your parents, right? The obvious roles. Then you have a job and you have a society that is that need to, that, need to, that you need to support. Let's say your family or your immediate society, whatever. So you know, uh, depending on how how you think and you define your role, you have those roles, right? And and you got to execute those roles properly. Now, in when when you execute those roles, you, those are choiceless roles for you. Okay where you have zero choice because you have defined that this is your role. Tomorrow, uh, I, 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 let's assume that, you know, you go back uh, uh, 25 years back or 20 years back and we've, you know, we've had, you know, toddlers and, you know, they go through the potty, potty training and all that. I mean, none of us like to do some of those things, but we end up doing it for what reason? 
how did you how did you do that right the point is yeah, you yeah. knew that was important it is your role you had to do it do you get my point what i'm saying yeah no that, that 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 makes sense and in my head i'm just thinking that when you have sort of likes and dislikes you would you know your actions get prejudiced and uh, and just one way to think about it could be that you you kind of just do the right thing as opposed to doing something that you want to do exactly exactly and to know what is the right thing you have to know what your role is that's why going back to mm -hmm. the discussion that rajan rajan started today morning right then it comes to the question of you know what is my role you know then what stage i am i am in my life what do i have to do and what i should not do you know all those things come up that's the framework that you can put together as you go through this journey for yourself no that's that's very good thank you for that very helpful ajay just just to add to that um and rajesh so so one so the way rajesh answered this is is dislike of something that i from a action perspective right so whether i like this action or i do not like that action right so how do i deal with actions that i don't like i mean it's right uh, uh, rajesh so what, but there might be dislikes from what we receive perspective as in um um somebody does things that we don't like right so especially somebody close to us who you know they might be doing stuff which we may not like and that might cause us to uh, uh, react in certain ways so how do you overcome that uh, as well right that is, that is the aspect also to it on the on the receiving side yeah yeah and, and, and that's a great question kishore and i think the point is that and we will have to go back to the digression that we took two two weeks back on the karma theory right the way that you need to think about it at that point of time is okay if someone has hurt me now or said something which has impacted me badly then the point is you got to start thinking say that okay was this required okay was it required for my maybe this was required for my spiritual growth right and again you have to go back to what the goal is right what is my goal right if somebody comes and says nasty to you but your goal is to get that particular let's say proposal up and running you got to fight tooth and nail to get the proposal up and running in front of whoever that is required right no no doubts about it we yeah. should not stop there yeah and that's the point i wanted to make which is also a very important uh, point which we may not have discussed so far which is when when life throws certain things at you we may not like everything that's coming our way right and that's where um the that that right attitude of if we accept it even though it might at that time seem like a very unfortunate thing or, um one thing after the other let's say Uh, and it lasts for a certain period of time if we so we need to change the attitude there to that of acceptance right so we we we've been talking in terms of hey uh, i perform this action i get this result that perspective but sometimes life keeps throwing stuff at you which may not be favorable right how do we and we will not like it sure um how do we handle that right is again by this method of acceptance because finally this like and dislike is happening in our own minds and in our own subconscious so if we are able to um because we don't have control over what's happening outside and you know and we are getting certain um results 
if we accept it, right, and have that uh, constant, right, if we are able to do that, acceptance doesn't mean resignation, right? It's not destiny, none of that. It's just mental acceptance, but doing whatever it needs to be done to respond back in, in the right way. Yeah, I'll take an extreme example, which I listened to, uh, listened to recently, right? Uh, the extreme example, it's, ex it's an extreme example, but just to give you an idea about how that whole thing I have understood, right? Uh, let's say that, you know, you've gone on a hunting and you are trying to shoot. First of all, shooting is bad. That's, that's not the point. Let's say you've gone on to shoot something. Okay. You see something called, looked like a deer and you shoot it. Okay. Unfortunately, it happens to be a human being or a small kid and the kid dies. Right now, if the people catch you and you committed a crime in the societal laws, okay. Now, of course, that was unintentional for you, and you did that unintentionally, and you cannot say I did it unintentional, therefore it should not be punished. That's an irrelevant argument. Nobody will let you scot free. So what is happening is you are going to get a result, okay, that you will have to go through, right, and there. The point is, this because there are so many things that happen, which is which are beyond your control, and sometimes you have the very fact that you being there, you tried something because of which this kid died. Okay, gets you the particular result, which is negative result, and unfortunately that you have to go through. You have to accept it and go through. At that point of time, you keep on wondering why did this happen to me? I did not do anything. I checked everything. It was just a rabbit, but it was not a baby okay it's all fine but result has come that's it the court has awarded you okay rigor is in for 14 years accept it and if you have to go through this 14 years unfortunate but that's how it is i liked right. that one statement that kishore said acceptance is not resignation so you know you're going through life you're working on something Yes, you are looking, so come back to the desire. We have a desire, we're working on it, we go through all the actions to achieve that desire. But when we come to the end, the desire is not fulfilled. But, so that's when we probably could think of that you accept that the desire is not fulfilled. That doesn't mean that I'm resigning to my fate and never going to try again, but I'm going to start all over again. So if you're looking to make the big bucks in, say, in the stock market, you're going to work towards making that, end, that desire to be fulfilled. But say things happen, if it doesn't happen, what do you do? It doesn't mean that you're just going to resign and say, oh, that's the end of my life. But you start again by finding another path to fulfill that desire of yours. I don't know, does that, is that yeah. in... Yeah, uh, yeah very, well said. Okay. very well said, very well said, very well said. So I'm just thinking, okay, should we uh, move on from this topic to something else that others have uh, thought through or should we continue along the same path? So can I ask one more follow-up question, Rajesh, on likes and dislikes? I mean, we, uh, you know, one of the things obviously as you know, living in, in society is, is dealing with people, right? And, and there would be people that you like and people you dislike, right? So my question is, Again, a follow-up to my previous one, which is when you have a dislike for somebody, and, and I'm not talking about judging somebody just by sort of one instance, but if you just don't like somebody for, for whatever be the reason, 
how do you deal with that? Uh, you see. I think first of all, you know, uh, it's a great question, okay. And I, 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 I struggle to deal, deal, deal in, in, a, in the right way. But here is how I deal with it, right? First of all, um, I see that when some situation come through like that, uh, I start training my mind, saying that okay, hey, maybe he has had a bad day. Okay, first thing, first thing, maybe you know, I, he's, you know, he said something. I, I dislike this person. Maybe he's had a bad day. So now slowly I'm saying, okay, my dislike is not that relevant, but I'm I'm telling my mind, don't think dislike, think saying that the other person has had a bad day. Like let's say somebody cuts off, cuts you off, and that person you really don't like who cuts you cuts you off. In, 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 not at not at the traffic, let's say at, at work, which happens. Okay, I, I'll tell you an example. Okay, there was this uh, meeting that I attended, and uh, uh, this guy, uh, one of my senior colleagues. He said, you know, sales guys just don't understand some of these things, what we talk in front of the customer. You know, he said that. And that that hurt me quite a bit, right? Because, you know, I'm a quote-unquote proud sales guy. And I said, okay, you know, how can you say that, you know, I... And and he, he did this two, three times in different contexts. Then uh, after some time, you know, I started developing this attitude saying that whatever this guy says is not the right thing. Now I slowly, you know, that that thing has come into me, right? But then I realized over a period of time saying that maybe I'm not exhibiting the enough passion what I'm supposed to be doing at my job. That's probably coming it up to. So I said, okay, I should look at it as an opportunity for me to change myself, my attitude. And now things have become better between both of us. Okay. But this is one way of dealing with, uh, uh, dealing with things. And the second thing is, you know, I don't think that you can dismiss off any person saying that I don't like this guy. I think you can say, I, can, I don't like this guy when he did this, or I don't like this guy during this time. There's always some associated, you know, action or time that you don't like somebody. So categorically saying that, you know, I don't like this guy, probably maybe too harsh. Maybe we'll have to think through that. Yeah, fair point. And, and, and again, I think, and again, back to the uh, point around, around acceptance. Can I, can I, can I so, summarize what you said, Rajesh, in this way that, you know, if you feel that you know you dislike a person, uh, why? Uh, what you have to do is, you know, you have to work upon the uh, reasons why you dislike. Because in your case, you could find a reason that you know he's you know commenting, uh, giving nasty comments on your, you know, uh, not being a, a good or understanding salesperson and whatnot. And we're in But then. Uh, your your example, uh, 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 I will, uh, you know, there are other examples of dislikes because it comes very naturally to me that dislike. Uh, the flower example, what is given in the book, you know, I might yeah. not be liking Jasmine. So what, what I'm born with a particular dislike, uh, how to work upon it and, you know, come to terms with it. Yeah, I, that's a great question, right? So the whole point is, go, let's go back to the discussions what we've been having. Who has the control in the whole thing? Do we have control on our actions? Do we have control on our thoughts? Do we have that free will, the ability to make choice? We had are we exercising it at all times? These are the questions that we should ask ourselves. Can, uh, can I uh, um, actually can I share something uh, actually on the through? 
through my uh, actually so because this part of something that I'm I'm writing as the second part of my article. Okay, um, so I just wanted to share because it seems like super relevant here. Um, we have a new person. We have a new person. Who's that? Oh, Girija. I can't hear you, VP. You said something. My wife. Uh, she oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Welcome, Girija. How do I? Uh, do you know how I can share uh, this? I have just shared the link of this talk, uh, and because she was super impressed with Rajesh during his yoga classes, so I said, "Well, you can join this group." So today she's on. Great. Oh, I, I don't think I can share uh, any um, my screen, but anyway, uh, uh, that's okay. No, you uh, can. You can, Kishore, at the bottom. Bottom, okay. you'll see a you'll see a, a, a third button from the left. Okay? Oh, asking me uh, to open screens and preferences. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. It, 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 that's why. Okay. Uh, but a super relevant uh, question. Uh, in, you know, also I I would say it it is also related to a discussion we had earlier just today, uh, which is that of uh, mental tendencies, right? So if you think of uh, uh, these as tendencies, the dislike. Okay, I'm not able to. Uh, I think it's asking me to do some things, but anyway, I'll I'll put it this way. Um, yes, we are born with certain tendencies, and we develop certain tendencies as we go through life, right? There's no doubt. We we've seen that we have uh, we uh, so we end up um, acquiring likes and dislikes over a period of time, and we almost have a storehouse of this, right? So um, this, these mental tendencies or uh, likes, dislikes, they can be treated or thought of as uh, samskaras or um, vasanas as they, as they call it, right? So what happens is in terms of the, 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 how it works is that we develop that dislike. Now dislike is, if you really think about it, it's a thought that comes to our mind given when, a when we meet a, a certain situation. That situation could be, oh, this person walks into the room, somebody I really dislike in the office, he walks into the room or I'm in the same meeting as this other person. So that is the situation, but that triggers certain thoughts in me, right? Where are those thoughts coming from? Those thoughts are coming from our mental, our tendencies that are deeply buried in our subconscious. Right? Uh, so now those tendencies are called as samskaras in yoga or vasanas in Vedanta, but just think of it as units of, of mental tendencies or imprints that are in us that dispatches or has this power to create thoughts in us. Right? So as those tendencies become stronger and stronger, the thoughts that it is able to dispatch into our, uh, ex uh, into our conscious mind. Right, where we are able to see those thoughts, that becomes strong. Right? So we are able to, uh, we have a strong like or a dislike to something or someone or, a some, or some situation. And once that happens, we engage with that thought. Right? Uh, uh, we engage with that thought of dislike. Uh, I hate this guy. I don't know why he's here today and so on. Right? So I, um, I start to engage with it. 
And once we engage with that thought, the thought gains even bigger power. It becomes even more, and it kind of, uh, it's like a, it balloons into, it's like a, a ball of ice, right? It creates an avalanche, if you will, at the end of it, it starts to become snowball into a bigger and bigger thing. And eventually we express. And that expression happens in the form of what we say or what we do, right? But it started off, if you walk back, so after telling or throwing an insult or uh, hurling an insult at this person, when we walk back on why that happened, started off, you will see that it would have been because of a thought. But why did that thought come in the first place? We didn't control it, right? It came because of our tendencies, which is a storehouse of tendencies. Now, how do you change that, right? How do you change that whole process? Because these samskaras are deep in our subconscious. So, and we don't have direct access to it. So the way to change that is also in an indirect way by saying, by replacing the, whenever there is a dislike thought that comes in, before it balloons into this or snowballs into something bigger, if I can replace it with some other thought, okay? In, in yoga, they call it pratipaksha bhavanam, right? Or direct opposite of this. So I dislike this person because this guy is too aggressive or he always puts me down. Let's just say. You have to replace that with a direct opposite, which is similar to what Rajesh said. Can I, oh, maybe he had, he has a, he had a bad day. He's still a nice person. He can be, a, he is actually a friend or develop friendly thoughts towards this person, right? So that neutralizes that thought and does not allow it to snowball, right? And it's hard though, it's hard. You know, it is super hard, right? Super hard. But what then happens is a new samskara goes in, into our subconscious, which, which is a neutralizing factor at this point. So it reduces the power of our existing samskaras. And over a period of time, as you practice this Pratipaksha Bhavanam, it starts to neutralize our strong tendencies, likes as well as dislikes, right? So, and this becomes this nice uh, cycle instead of it ballooning and us reacting in an, by uh, expression, it starts to develop this uh, positive cycle. Yeah, I have a suggestion for all of all of you. You know, there is in the in the uh, in the uh, uh, cliff notes what we have. There's a thing called flowchart, right? I have put this model of Chinmayananda's, uh, you know, uh, model of a human construct, the way that Chinmayananda talks about. I will fish out a v video on YouTube, okay, which explains this. You know, Kishore was talking about this Vasana thing, right? You guys should listen to it. It's a 40-minute video. You know, some of the questions what comes about are innate likes and dislikes why they come, you know, can I have any control with, over them? All those questions are answered so beautifully and so simply by Swami Chirmayananda. Okay. And, and how, and also, you know, Kishore talks about some of these things about how thoughts happen and how we can replace the thought with that. So when you go through and understand this model, right, it will help you understand saying that the control of our life is always in our hands. Okay. And that happens here at mind intellect level. So you will clearly get it, saying that whatever I do, okay, I am able to control it. And whatever I receive, I am able to control how I receive it. Whether to receive it in a positive way or negative way, it's in my control. And you'll know the reasons why it is. Uh, I will, I'm able to share. Can I just take one minute to share? Go ahead. 
Can you see my screen? Yeah. Oh, this is is this your part two of the equation, Kishore? Uh, yeah, I am writing this, uh, 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 but I, I'm adding these uh, as part of the part two of the article. But you know, if you look at the, the mechanics of how this is working, right? Or at least how I understand. It, let's put it that way. Um, so somebody says something rude. This is in the external world, right? We hear it through our sense organs and we perceive it. So far, so good, right? I think we all understand that part. And then what then happens is the situation activates this horizontal line here is the difference between the, the conscious mind, which where we can actually perceive thoughts, feelings and everything, and the subconscious mind, which we don't actually perceive. It, it's way below, right? So in the subconscious mind, it activates certain samskaras of likes and dislikes. Um, so think of it as it activates a few things. And these samskaras have the power of generating thoughts in the conscious mind. So from this, these samskaras, we get certain thoughts. Okay, I, and then we engage with it, right? So this process goes on in a, in a loop here between uh, uh, the conscious and subconscious mind, eventually it snowballs, and then we feel anger, right? At that point, if you think about it, in the mind there's anger, which results in a, a link to the body, right? Which sends information to the body, and you can see that through the breath. That link between the mind and the body is through the breath. So you will see that when you are angry in your mind, as you start to become angry, your breath changes, the pattern changes at that point. The breath becomes shallow, and it sends a signal to the body to now generate certain hormones, so we feel a lot, a lot more aggression because we are feeling angry at this point. And that, again, goes on for some time, eventually results in an action where we hurl an insult uh, or, or do something else worse. And like, it's not just saying we're actually doing something with our, uh, with our hands or legs or whatnot. Right? Again, that is in the external world. But um, th that's the, uh, the mechanics of how I'm understanding how this process happens. But these happen because of these tendencies. And how do we remove those tendencies or reduce the potency of those tendencies is the question. And that's, uh, uh, Karma Yoga actually does that because in the process of accepting this action, the results of the action, we are reducing these likes and dislikes of various things. So Karma Yoga is one uh, such, uh, which is helping with that um, and changes the tendencies from inside. And that's what I meant by saying, I think we change from the inside out. We change because our mental tendencies change. Our um, afflictions, our uh, likes and dislikes, those things change, right? So yeah. the way we react uh, will also be very different over a period of time. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, first thing is acceptance, right? Acceptance that, yes, each one of us have our individual preferences. It's accepted. That's it. And uh, then the second thing is take that control choice, right? We should take that choice. And every day I try to make this choice, right? You know, that's why I don't know if I shared you uh, the, my, my daily prayer. I think I was telling you, right? You know, I say that every day in the morning when I wake up after I say my Sanskrit shlokas and everything, I say this prayer saying, okay, give me the courage to change what I can change and give me the patience to accept what I cannot change and give me the wisdom to see the difference between both. The most important thing is that wisdom, asking for the wisdom, saying that half the time I think our problems are created because we think something and, you know, something else happens and we can't reconcile it. Maybe we just have to give it time. Mm. 
In fact, I, I recall there was this movie that I watched uh, several years back. It's about a girl, okay, and the girl uh, gets into an elevator and she goes through this, uh, you know, uh, alternate reality themes, okay? So she, you know, she goes into the elevator and she sees somebody come into the elevator. And uh, she suddenly thinks, you know, what would, how would my life would have been if I had married this guy? Right? And then suddenly the director takes the movie into that path as how that, uh, you know, life would have been. And then again, she gets back and, you know, something else comes in, comes in the, you know, dog comes in or whatever. She goes off into another alternate reality. And at the end of the day, what's happening is like, you know, she's going through different kind of alternate realities completely without knowing, you know, what's uh, having any sort of, uh, you know, control on what, uh, what she's doing. But what she, at the, at the end of the final movie, if I remember right, she just realizes that, you know, it's all of imagination and fascination. Nothing is real. She's in the elevator. That's what she realizes finally. So I think we probably realize it much earlier. You know, we are here. This is the reality for us rather than alternate realities. Oh, he said this, therefore I understood this, therefore. No, this is what it is. No, that's very helpful. Thank you, Rajesh. Thank you, sure. Sure, I had a question. On your semantic, um, what is L and D? Likes and dislikes. Oh, L and D is likes and dislikes. <laughs> I'll yeah. you're the supercomputer and all So yeah, that, that is a, a thing at the bottom. Uh, yeah, L&D is like this line. Got it, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I just add to that, uh, I mean, the way, way I deal with it is, uh, uh, as, uh, I mean, Kishore had given a very elaborate uh, understanding of how some skills are and this. And, you know, if you try to just link to Pralab, and I think we had discussed it earlier also, so, you know, if there is some insult which is hurled to you, just say thank you within. I mean, you don't have to say it aloud. And just say that whatever has come, has come, you know, uh, let's deal with it now. And if it comes later, it will come with more interest. So it will be even more stronger. So that's one thing. And then the, the, the other thing is actually just challenge your mind. Can your mind deal with it without reacting? I mean, it's a good good test and something which is everybody says is hard so so you know you must try doing it i mean that's how i challenge myself and just observe how your mind actually reacts and then slows down and it's quite interesting without even saying anything and that cycle will get shorter and shorter with the practice um it's actually quite beautiful and you know the first thing is actually face those guys even more so I had done that at work. You know, there was one guy who would really annoy me. I don't know for what reason. He was a very sweet guy, but I don't know. Something about him was very irritating to me. So then I started going every day morning to him and started talking to him for 15 minutes through those emotions. And very well, I'm not going to react. And slowly it went from not reacting even internally and then at the end of it, you realize that, yeah, he's actually a very sweet guy. So, so there are a few tips to help. And it actually reminds me of a little story our Guruji's Guruji had told. So when he was very young, about 20. So, you know, it's interesting, uh, actually, Ajay, that you bring up this point. The sannyasis, actually, their desires are very little. But they do have likes and dislikes. Because likes and dislikes are, you're, you're born, some of them you're born with, and then some of them you are 
you, you know, over a period of time, you, you, you accumulate. So he was asked, so there's a tradition to go and ask for Bhakta, right, when you are a Brahmachari. Uh-huh. It has a very good, uh, you know, uh, purpose. So he was asked to go and collect Bhakta from some five houses, you know, around where they would live. And the first house, the lady would come out, and he was quite well built. So the first thing she would say is, Itne hatte katte ho, jaake kuch kaam karo, kamao aur khao. And she would <laughs> shut the door, right? Mm-hmm. He was quite agitated and he came back and he told his guru, I'm not going to this house. I anyway get it from the other four, so I have mm-hmm. enough for my meal. Uh, I'm not going. The guru's guru, so his guru said, no, 30 days, you have to go every day, whatever happens. So you know how his mind went through the process. First, he was agitated. And yet he said, you have to thank her and move on. Happened for... I think 15, 16 days, the lady him, herself changed as well and started giving him bhiksha. So then he came and said, okay, now I got the bhiksha. That thing is done. It's closed in a way. I am not going to go to that house again. <laughs> the guru went on. No, you have to complete 30 days. So, so imagine you know, how we feel that we have dealt with that emotion and hence it's closed. But how he made him go there for 30 days and at the end of it then it was neutral and he didn't go and how that lady would you know try to find him from somewhere up and you know i make it every day so he said this is how you influence the other person's mind when you are not reacting to the situation your calmness it it, it influences the other party also I knew you got over it in 15 days, but I wanted her to get over it as well. So this is how you come across in life. This is a wonderful example, uh, uh, yeah. Atuna. And you know, I, I find this respond versus react extremely powerful. Uh, and personally, I mean, when I am faced with a situation, my, my instinct is to react uh, like a lot of us. But I... I, I I realized that if you think rationally, and I think you also mentioned in your other example about engaging, I think engaging again sort of helps you appreciate and understand what you might be missing. And again, goes back to the point that you're then more rational in how you're approaching it. And the last thing I would add is do not get upset with your mind if it reacts, because it's mind's behavior to react. That's the nature. Yes, or not. so, so yeah. don't get upset or don't blame that mind either. Yeah. And, and, and the shortcut to remember how to deal with likes and dislikes, I got this example from uh, uh, food, okay? I call it, I call, I call this shortcut as, uh, short, uh, shortcut as Karela shortcut, okay? Karela, I may not like it today, but someday I will like it when I'm having diabetes, okay? So there's nothing wrong with Karela. It is my likes and dislikes that I got to get over. Like that reminded me of another example that you know you go to somebody's house and you get karela and you don't like it you eat it first because you don't want to end it and then the person serves you more karela oh you really like it <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> sometimes facing it up front may not be the solution but last point about you know the fact that we will 
you know, just because we understand it kind of intellectually, we're not going to change overnight, right? It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, 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 that is a uh, so Swamiji used to talk about FIR. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, so F is frequency, intensity, and recovery time. Okay. So he says nothing. No, he actually jokingly says, "Okay, you guys are in the Gita class. After hearing all this, you go back and you still react, and your uh, wives come and tell me, or your husbands come and tell me that what is the use of this class? Why are you guys wasting so much time?" <laughs> At the end of it, you're still doing the exact same thing, right? So he was making a, a thing to the spouses saying, please don't do that. It is because it will take time. It took many, many, uh, I don't know, births to get you to this point with all these things. But so it will at least take a uh, you know, few years for it to uh, resolve in some way. So he says frequency as in how frequent are you uh, reacting versus responding? So you can measure yourself in some way. Intensity, yeah. how, how intense does it leave you, right? In that situation left you, uh, is it leaving you in a slightly less intense, um, the anger that resulted, was it less intense? Um, and then recovery time, how quickly did you come back to normal uh, uh, centered uh, feeling, right? So if you, if you see that there is an improvement over a period of time, you're on the right path, so don't worry about it, is how he, he used to mention it. That's that's beautifully corrected, Kishore. It it fit very well into the discussions. <laughs> FIR. I mean, I still remember because he made FIR. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think ten minutes passed, and I think uh, there's somebody in the East Coast who needs to sleep as well. So. Fair enough. Sorry, Shanta. We are sleep. We no, are no, this was, this was encroaching into your sleeping time. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Any. Any other uh, any other things that we need to dis discuss uh, in today's thing, or should we close it with the prayer? And before we close, the pages for yeah. next week. Go ahead, Rajesh. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I was going to ask. What are we doing next week? Yeah, I think we should complete the chapter, Karma Yoga chapter, mm -hmm. and I feel that the next few pages will be a breeze. But I feel that it's good that we complete it, and then perhaps next week when we get together. I have a feeling that we probably will have, of course, we'll have a lot of questions again. We will resolve, uh, discuss that and resolve how, you know, learn from each other as how we can resolve those things. But again, you know, Karma Yoga is very, very important uh, chapter. And what I can also do is, Kishore, you have read this in Alpana, you also read this. Uh, for you guys, I'm going to send you a, a letter that I wrote to my son about uh, two years back, okay, talking about Karma Yoga to explain to a 14-year-old kid. And it's part of my, it's, a, it's an appendix in the book that I'm uh, writing. Mm. So please read it and, uh, you know, if possible, delete it. Please don't forward it so that, you know, my book will be a little bit more attractive for the others to read. <laughs> right. Uh, along these lines, can we maybe set aside even 10 minutes to see how this is one concept I feel if can convey to, um, you know, high right? Uh, I think they would be able to understand it really well. And this would... Even if they take away just this one thing, um, I think that will leave them with something really important. Uh, it will plant a seed. So I'm trying to see if, should we just set aside some time? Maybe it may not be next week. To see how do we present it. Uh, uh, I, th I think we can do it next week. Why not next week? You know, maybe rather than, you know, take up all the topics in the world to discuss, let's start. Let's start at 6.30 yeah, Pacific time to talk about how to get Karma Yoga into children. Why don't we do that? Yeah, good idea. 
Good idea. Great idea. Great idea. Very good. Okay. Awesome. Let's do that. Excited. Yeah. All right. Super. That's great. And Rajesh, so, and Rajesh, and Rajesh, we can circulate the video that you referred to. I'm sorry. Say it again. You referred to the. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Two, okay. two actions on my side. I'll take care. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's wonderful, uh, end with that. Wonderful discussion, guys. Awesome discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we all enjoyed it. Let's uh, end with our prayer. We have a blessed day again. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you.